0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Not only did we see someone come to Christ last week and see someone get baptized last Sunday. We also celebrated our 23rd anniversary. Uh, married to my best friend for the last 23 years, and we had a great time after service. We went out and celebrated, and we did a family celebration this year. We took the whole family, our girls. We went and we kayaked in La Jolla, uh, went into the caves. It was such an amazing time. Had a great dinner, and I want to give a shout out. We He gave shout out today to um, the team here at Canvas Church. We are so grateful for you. I want to give a shout out to our pastor who has been faithfully preaching the Word of God and um, seeking God and seeking wisdom and and guiding us as a church community through this very interesting season that we find ourselves in. So I'm so grateful um, to see him and uh, see the way he loves God, loves his family, and loves you as the church so much and is so grateful. Him. I'm excited uh, today to, to preach in our series, Clean Canvas, uh, continuing in uh, actually getting to conclude Ephesians chapter 2 today. Um, and so I'm going to take a look here at what we've been talking about and what the book of Ephesians is all about. It says here, the book of Ephesians was written to encourage believers to walk as fruitful followers of Christ and to serve in unity and love in the midst of persecution or like us today in the midst of difficult and challenging times. So this book, the book of Ephesians, was written by the Apostle Paul as he was in prison and is written back to the believers, the the Christ followers in Ephesus. And the Christ followers there in Ephesus, Paul had, had, had visited Ephesus a couple times, which you can see. That in Acts chapter 18 and Acts chapter 19, specifically chapter 19 of Acts, we see Paul ministering there in Ephesus and ministering to Gentiles and Jews alike. We see some incredible things taking place in in that time as he's in Ephesus. We see miracles and healings happening. We see uh, people being delivered. We see uh, the church advancing and many people coming to Christ. Uh, there in Ephesus there was a temple that was erected to a goddess by the name of Diana, or maybe the translation of Bible that you're reading it might say the goddess uh, Artemis. Um, that that goddess, that temple that was built up for. The goddess Diana. People from all over the world would travel to come to this temple. It was known as one of the seven wonders of the world. And there was a lot taking place in Ephesus. The, the, the money and the finances that was going through Ephesus came through because of people that would travel there to come and worship this idol. So as Paul is there ministering and sharing about the gospel and sharing about Jesus Christ, people are turning from the idols and, and beginning to turn to Jesus Christ. And there are people there that were making a great deal of wealth off of those that were coming to worship this idol that they got upset and begin to persecute Paul and those that were coming to preach the gospel. And so this is the context. Uh, this is what the believers in Ephesus are, are living in, the atmosphere that they're living in in that day. And we see here in Ephesians chapter 2 that Paul is encouraging and sending this message to the believers there. And I'm gonna pick it up today and conclude chapter two by reading verses 19 to 22. So take a look with me this morning. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Let's pray this morning as we turn to the word. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can gather together as your people Coming together in Christ as your dwelling place, the place for your spirit to come and be with us. Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning to communicate all that you've laid on my heart for us, that I might create an atmosphere where people can encounter you, discover the great love that you have for them, and begin to live and walk in the purposes and plan you have for their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen, amen. amen. I love Ephesians chapter 2 because really in this, this chapter alone, we see, I see the gospel message communicated in this chapter. Pastor Ben preached the last two Sundays out of Ephesians chapter 2. In the first portion of Ephesians, we see that if we were to sum it all up, we see that Paul is encouraging the believers in Ephesus, reminding them, saying, hey, remember, you have a past. And actually, 10 different times we see in this chapter alone that he mentions formerly, or used to, or you were, talking about that past, that, that you had a past, and that past and those sins separated you from God. But in Christ, you were reconciled to God. And so number one, we see in the book, of Ephesians chapter two that the first portion here is reminding us that we are reconciled to God. And it's by grace through faith that we've been saved. It's not of our works, not any anything great that we did that accomplished that, it was simply by God's grace and his love for us that we have been saved. And then last week Pastor Ben preached on the next section that we find here in chapter two that really is encouraging the, the, the followers of Jesus there in Ephesus saying, hey, not only have you been reconciled to God, but through Christ you have been reconciled to one another. That, that, that through Jesus, he brought us together. It's no longer Jews and Gentiles, but come on, he brought us together. He removed that dividing the wall, that wall of hostility that separated us, and we are now one in Christ Jesus. So here in chapter two, we see the first part. We've been reconciled to God through Jesus, and we've been reconciled to one another through Jesus. We are now one and united in him, and now we see as we We conclude this last portion of this chapter that there's a great purpose for all of this. And we're going to look at that this morning. How many of you enjoy traveling? I know, I know I enjoy traveling. Many of us are going on vacation. It's summertime. A vacation looks a little bit different right now. A lot of us are driving and maybe camping for a vacation during this, this COVID season that we find ourselves in. But a few years ago, my family and I, we were traveling and we were uh, flying with Alaska Airlines. And, and so plug for Alaska. Um, we were flying with Alaska and we were at the airport and we had a long, long time before our flight was going to take off. And so we were going and going to find a spot to just hang out, chill and wait for um, the gate to open so that we could board our plane. And and we remember seeing, walking by and seeing this sign that said Alaska Lounge. And that looked pretty appealing, pretty cool. And I I went off to to the restrooms and I told the family, hey, just text me, let me know where you're going to be. And as I come out, I get a text message on my phone. It says, hey, we're we're in the Alaska lounge come join us and I text back I'm like I don't think we're supposed to be in there I I don't know much about that, but I feel like maybe we're not supposed to be in there. And they text back and said, oh, no, we're in here right now. We're just hanging out. We're getting some food. They have food in here, drinks in here. And so I walk through the the door into the lounge, and I see a gal at the desk, and she's there at the computer checking people in. But I see the family, and so I just walk over. She doesn't say anything to me. I join them. We're looking around. We see these amazing chairs. We see these tables set up where you can pull out your your laptops and do some work while you're waiting for your. Playing free food, free sodas, which the kids were enjoying, um, all this. And we're, we're just enjoying this. We thought, how we have flown with Alaska so many times. How have we never seen the Alaska Lounge before? Like, this is crazy. This is amazing. We're mileage plan members. I mean, this must be up for us, right? So I'm sitting there and I begin to do a little research and I'm pulling up the Alaska Lounge on my phone. And as I'm sitting there, I start reading and I discover that we actually. We shouldn't be in the Alaska Lounge right now. I've showed the family that actually you have to pay to be a member specifically of the Alaska Lounge. And so we just sheepishly enjoyed the rest of our food and, and exited the Alaska Lounge and pretended like, you know, all was well. Well, ever since then, we'll go through the airport and we'll see the Alaska Lounge. We're like, oh. Doesn't it it just look so, remember that time? And we're on the outside looking in, wishing we could be a part of it. Have you ever felt that way before? Maybe I've got some golfers out there. I know that there are some of you that enjoy golfing, and you drive down the road, and you see this gorgeous golf course, and and you see this clubhouse that just looks amazing. And and you've got your day off, and you've got your clubs in the car, and you're going to go for a round of golf. And you go to pull into the clubhouse only to see the small riding at the bottom on the bottom of a sign that says, for members only. For members only. Well here in this portion of Ephesians chapter two, Paul is saying to the Jews and the Gentiles alike, Hey, you're not on the outside looking in any longer. You're not just a stranger, but you're family. You're not a foreigner, but you're a citizen. You, you you don't you're not on the outside any longer looking in wondering if you could be a part of this, but God through Jesus Christ has brought you in and you are a part of his house. You are his house. I love that. If we think about that word stranger, a stranger is someone that isn't known, that you're not familiar with, right? A lot of us, maybe when your kids were little, you taught them stranger danger. What, what do we mean by that? We don't just go talk to strangers. We don't just go with strangers, right? If that's someone you don't know that you're not familiar with, honey, please don't go with that person, right? We, it's someone that's unfamiliar to us that we don't know, but God says, you're through Paul, says to the Ephesians, says to you and I today that you are no longer a stranger, that you... Uh, Ephesians that have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you are now a part of the family. Think about that for a moment. You are a part of God's family. And family, come on, there's nothing tighter than family, right? Family stands up for one another. Family fights for one another. Family loves one another in the good and in the bad. Family is there for each other. You're not a stranger, you're not one that's unknown, but you are known, and you are known by your heavenly Father, and you are a part of a greater family, the family of God. Think about that today. You might be there right now in your living room feeling like you are all alone, and that you are isolated, but I wanna encourage you today and let you know that you are not alone. You, those of you that have received Jesus Christ into your life, you are a part of a family, and we are here for you. The family of God is here For you, I I remember a time when I was in high school, and uh, my brother was a freshman, and I was a junior. And I remember he—he's a feisty guy, and he's—he's athletic, he's—he's bold. And I remember walking through the hallways one day, and I heard these boys, these freshman boys, talking smack about my brother, and they were saying all this stuff about him, like, oh, and I just, I got riled up. And now, as a teenager girl with a teenage brother. Uh, we didn't always get along, right? We 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 fought for the front seat in the car. Uh, we punched each other here and there. I mean, we had our moments. But in that moment, as I'm hearing these people talk about my brother, I walked up to them, and I looked those little boys in the eye, and I said, if you dare put a, lay a finger on him, you're going to have to answer to me. And those little boys with their eyes bugging out looked at me, and they're like, okay and they took off, and never, never again did I see them or hear them talk anything negative about him or go after him, and you know, that's probably the first time my brother's hearing that. Isn't that funny? I've never told him that. I never told him, uh, but family stands up for one another, and you are part of the family of God. You, you are, he has brought you in uh, through Jesus Christ. It says there that you're not a foreigner. You're not, you're not on the outside, Um, A part of another country, a a citizen is one that that is a member of of a nation, a member of a a community, and, and as a citizen, we're entitled to the privileges and the protection of the nation that we're a part of. God says that you're not a foreigner, you are a citizen, but you're not just a citizen of California, or wherever you're watching from, you are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Therefore, you are entitled to the privileges and the protection, come on, that comes along with that. Amen? Isn't that exciting? So he's encouraging them, and he's encouraging us today that have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, that we are known, we are loved, and we are a part of his family family. And we have been reconciled to God, we've been reconciled to one another, and together we are his family. And he says here, as we conclude in these final verses, we see number three in Ephesians chapter two, that we are his house. So we are reconciled to God, we are reconciled to one another, and we are together, we are his house. Ephesians 2.20 says, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. The cornerstone. Can we talk about the cornerstone for a moment? The cornerstone is the very first foundation stone that is laid down. And all other foundation stones are Laid down in reference to the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the stone that 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 determines the foundation's orientation and direction. Listen, listen to me today. Jesus is our cornerstone. He has determined the orientation and the direction that His church is headed. It, he is the one. He is the cornerstone. We are built upon Him. And the Bible, the Bible, as as we look at this idea of cornerstone, and as we've looked at Ephesians chapter two and how in Jesus, he brought us together, he united us. Did you know that the cornerstone is also there and it upholds the two, brings two walls together? Look in this passage that we've been looking at in Ephesians chapter two, Jews and Gentiles have been brought together in Christ, that cornerstone our foundation, the one that determines the orientation, the direction that upholds uh, us together as his body. You know, there are other passages in the Bible that talk about the cornerstone. First Peter 2, 4 says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but, ha- but was chosen by God for great honor. In verse 5, it says in 1 Peter 2, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple, there it is again. God is building us together in Jesus into his spiritual temple. And I love what it says there, it says God is building, still actively building. It's not built and established already, doors to the lounge closed, no more welcome to join. Membership is no longer open. No, God is still building his temple and you and I are the living stones that he is bringing in and the door is open and day after day as people are discovering Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are being brought in to be built up into that spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest, it says there. And then in 1 Corinthians 3, verse nine, We see again Paul here speaking. He says, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Hear that? In our passage in Ephesians 2, it says that the foundation is the apostles and the prophets and Jesus is our chief cornerstone. And here is the apostle Paul saying, I have laid the foundation as an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have Jesus Christ, do you, do, are you hearing the caution, the warning here? The Bible actually says in Timothy that not many of you should desire to be teachers, teachers of the law, because they're, 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 we're held accountable. Because we gotta be guarded and, and watchful and make sure that the foundation that we are laying in our churches, the foundation we are laying in our lives and in our, for our families is the foundation of Jesus Christ, that we're not veering off from that and laying some other foundation of man's opinion, man's idea, with man's intellect, but that the foundation remains Jesus Christ, our Savior. The apostles, who were the apostles and the prophets? The apostles and the prophets were God's messengers, the ones that carried God's word to the people. And so it is God's word that is our foundation. And we see in in Matthew chapter seven that Jesus talks about building and having a strong foundation. In verse 24, he's encouraging the people and says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, is like a person, who builds a house on solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house it won't collapse because it because it is built on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house it will collapse with a mighty mighty crash Building, what are we building upon? What is our foundation as Christ followers? Is it Jesus? Is it his word? Because if it's his word then we're we're surely building our lives upon the rock and we can be certain that when the waves of the virus and the storms and the winds of of racism come our way, we're staying firm on the foundation of Jesus and Jesus as our cornerstone that brought us all together in unity. We can be sure that we will not be moved. We will not be shaken, but that is a firm, solid foundation. The word of God, and Jesus Christ as our savior, is a firm and solid foundation. Verses 21 and 22 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. See, we've got to understand that it's not a building. He's not talking about a building with four walls that his presence dwells in. He's talking about his people who are filled with his spirit as we come together with our unique gifts, our unique talents, our unique uh, cultures. As we come together in him, with him as our foundation, we are the place where his presence dwells. Did you know that's why the Bible encourages us not to forsake the gathering together of the saints? There's something so powerful That happens when we as Christ followers, and I'm not just talking about Canvas Church, I'm talking about the Big C Church, Worldwide Church, the the Church of Jesus Christ, that as we come together, the Bible says it, that when we come together in his name, when two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. His presence is there. There's something amazing that happens that, that doesn't necessarily happen when we're alone, reading our Bible, but as we come together, united in Jesus, we are built up into a holy temple. And think about what they're living in at this time, the Ephesians. They're walking by a temple that was erected to a goddess. A temple that was considered one of the seven wonders of the world people would travel all over from to come and witness and see and behold its beauty. God, through the Apostle Paul, is telling them, hey, that temple doesn't compare to the temple that I'm building. You are my building. You are my temple. And my presence dwells in that temple. My presence, as my people come together, that is where my presence dwells. And there's no temple on this earth that will compare to the one in which he is building. Amen? Do you know that it's always been God's desire It's always been his desire to dwell amongst his people we see it in the very beginning with Adam and Eve it's the reason why he walked in the garden in the cool of day because he wanted to be with them It's the reason why he commanded them to build the tabernacle and carry it with them throughout the wilderness because he wanted to dwell amongst his people. It's the reason why they built, the the, the temple in Jerusalem was built so that his presence could dwell there amongst the people. It's the reason why Jesus came and was born Emmanuel, God with us because he wanted to dwell amongst his people. He didn't want us to be separated from him any longer because of our sin, the sin that separates us from our God, but he wanted to be united with us, and therefore, he, he came, Jesus, that we might be forgiven of our sins, that he might come and, and hang on that cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could find reconciliation with our God, so that we could once again dwell with him, and he with us. God has always desired to dwell amongst his people. It's the reason why Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his people. And one day, one day, we will live with him for all eternity, forever in communion, constant communion with our heavenly Father. It's what he desires. It's the reason why he came. He wants to dwell amongst his people, and you are his house. Not you individually, but you as the church, as Christ's followers, all of us coming together, Pastor Ben talked about it, that we are the masterpiece. We are his masterpiece, we are his temple where he dwells, where his presence dwells. So how about you today? Do you feel today like you're on the outside looking in, wanting to, wanting to be a part? Maybe you, you felt like me as I was looking into that beautiful lounge, Alaska lounge, wanting to go in, curious about that, but knowing that there was a price to pay that I couldn't afford, so I couldn't get in. Maybe, maybe that's you today. I want to encourage you and let you know that, that Jesus has paid the price. There's nothing stopping you from coming and joining and being a part of his family, being a citizen of heaven. He's already paid the price, and the door that we go through is Jesus. There's access. You have access today. You have access today, and he invites you in to come and be a part of that, to be his house where his presence would dwell. Maybe, maybe this morning you're evaluating your life and looking at the foundation and realizing that I have a faulty foundation. Maybe today you're looking at it and, and wondering, well, where did these cracks come from? Uh, why, why is this wall over here sagging? Why, why is my, my marriage struggling? Why, are, why am I having challenges with my children? Why, why is there disunity in my, in my home but you would evaluate your life today and look and realize that there's, there's, a, there's a foundation problem. Maybe you've been building that foundation with, with man's wisdom, man's intellect, man's ideas. And that's you today. And you would say, man, I, I just I, I need to come back. I need to come back to the Lord and I need Jesus to be that cornerstone. I, 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 need, I need the firm foundation of the word of God in my life. Maybe that's you today. Would you just do this for a moment? Would you just close your eyes wherever you're at there in your in your living room? And just think about think about those things for just a moment. How's that foundation? Are are you on the outside looking in? Today is, is the day that, that he invites you in. He welcomes you in. And so maybe that's you and you would say, you know, I, I want to be a part of God's family. I want to I be that citizen that enjoys the privileges and the protection of heaven. It's, it's real simple today. It's as simple as just saying a prayer and saying, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I want you to be my lord and savior. I surrender my my life to you. So it's that simple. And if that, if that's you this morning, you would say I, I need to say that prayer. I want to say that prayer and and that's me today. I, I want to I want you to let us know that this morning. Would you just text text the word yes to 858-943-2221 or or just click the link that our service host is putting up there. I, I want to pray for you this week, and we want to connect with you. Maybe get you a Bible, and help you uh, just come into the family, God's family. Heavenly Father loves you. He's He's ready to welcome you in today. If you're you're here and you're, you're a Christ follower, and you would say, "Man, there's there's some faulty foundation." The reason why Paul was talking to the Ephesians, because some crazy stuff going on there in in Ephesus. Goddess and a lot of other things happening and sorcery and witchcraft. He needed to address the foundation. See, Jesus is the foundation. Anyone that comes along and preaches something different, anyone that comes along and tries to teach you something different, you need, you need to put that aside and And make sure that Christ is your foundation, that the Word of God is your foundation. And in moments like we're walking through right now, the winds are going to come. Please understand that today. Jesus didn't promise us a life without storms. He promised us that in the midst of them, He's there. In the midst of them, He's our anchor. In the midst of them... The winds and the storms are gonna come, but as long as we're firmly planted on that foundation of his word in Jesus Christ, we will not be moved. And we will be built up into this beautiful, holy temple for his presence to come and dwell. So let me pray for you today. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouragement that we see today, that we're reminded that we've been brought into the family that, God, you love us and, and Jesus, you came and you died for us. That, that we could be reconciled to, to God, our Father, so that we can be joined together in unity with one another as Christ followers. So that we can be that house where your presence would come and dwell. God, I pray that you would do just that. That right now, in the midst of every home, every car, every, every household, that, Lord, your presence would come right now. And you would be with your people. And you would be known by your people and your people would know you. We love you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, you say amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.